We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, just when you thought Ravens rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers couldn't earn any more praise league-wide than he already has, the rave reviews just keep coming and coming, Bobby. Yeah, they certainly do, Sarah. And legendary columnist Peter King is the latest. He wrote that Baltimore's first-rounder is the most impressive rookie he's seen across the six training camps he's visited thus far. I'm Sarah Ellis, and alongside Bobby Trossett, it is Friday, August 4th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. So Lamar Jackson was transparent and straight-up honest when asked about how he fits in Todd Munkin's new offensive scheme. Yeah, let's just say he's a tad bit happy there, Bobby. Plus, Munkin weighed in on his running back, J.K. Dobbins, and when he weighed in, he admitted that he was initially a smart aleck. We'll get to that. Plus, our guy Ian Rappaport, he provided an update on cornerback Rocky Scenes health status. Yeah, we have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. I promise we are not a broken record, but there's more (laughs) praise for Baltimore's rookie wide receiver, Zay Flowers, who continues to garner all kinds of attention, buzz, expectation, you name it. And the latest is legendary NBC columnist who's been covering this league for years and years, and that is Peter King. Sarah, he came to Under Armour Performance Center at one winning drive earlier this week and was asked and talked about specifically what Zay Flowers is so far in his mind. My new guy for the Ravens is Zay Flowers, the first-round draft choice. This is camp six for me. The most impressive rookie I have seen in six camps is Zay Flowers. Why? He lines up across from a corner, and unless they literally interfere with him or hold him, he has tremendous separation on almost every cut. His quickness, his speed out of cuts is going to be a thing to watch in the NFL this year. Create separation. He's got the mobility to go with it. Kadri certainly backed this up during uh, during Thursday's morning vault. You said the same. You were kind of taken aback and, and pleasantly surprised and almost like stunned by how just how mobile and quick he was when you were out last week. So, man, this is not a fluke. 
No. And, and that's the thing is it's like, it's, I know like you up top said, like we sound like a broken record, but it's just like, this is the effect he has on people when you lay eyes on him for the first time. Like it's one thing you, you do see these videos and you can see it a little bit. Um, but listen, everything is just more clear when you see him in per- in person. And so, you know, I said it before and it's probably also because OBJ isn't going all out. He's ramping himself up, but Zay, Zay just, it's hard not to watch and like your eyes, you just kind of want to focus on other guys when you're watching practice and he just commands your attention. So it, this isn't surprising to me. Every time somebody new comes in to watch Zay, they're going to say the same thing because that's how, that's how much he demands your attention. And And he talked a little bit about strategizing in terms of mentally going into each play with some of the guys nationally. The reason why they drafted you, Zay, yeah. was they want more after the catch. Yeah. They want the explosion, yeah. right? I mean, short pass, long run. Like, you did that at Boston College. Like, do you feel like that's a role, not just catching it, but, like, let's do something with it once we catch it? Oh, absolutely. That's, like, that's probably one of the biggest things I work on is yards after the catch. Like, no matter what I'm doing, if I got shoes, slides, I'm going to catch the ball, and I'm going <laughs> to jog after, and I'm going to, like, try to make a move. When I, when I studied you on tape, I I, th- I thought two things, eh? I said you got a plan to get open, yeah, and then you got a plan after the catch. Absolutely. Does it feel like two different plans? Yeah. Yeah. It's just all right. Get open real quick. Get this man off me. All right. Catch it. Square up. See what space I got. And get get missing. Get this man off me. He's catching up with Brian <laughs> Baldinger there of NFL Network, and man, I, his he's got this like fierce competitor from within him. But now you see sort of the the study, right? The well-studied football nerd that he is going in essentially with two plans to every play. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Get these guys off me. Like a lot of times you think of just like throwing people off you, but no, he gets, he gets you off you with his like start and stop. It's with his change of direction. It's, it's, it's uh, he's explosive. And it was kind of funny. Uh, Todd Munkin was asked after practice, um, you know, about Zay's ability to get yak yards after the catch. And, um, you know, Munkin kind of makes a joke. He's like, you know what? When I was a player, I try to do that too. Uh, but he's rewarded because he's actually quick. He's like, because Munkin played quarterback in college, for those that don't know. And he said, so I would try to do those same things that, that uh, Zay does, but I would just get nailed. You know, he's like, I'd be on the dirt. He goes, so then I started to learn that I got to slide and get out of people's way very quickly. And that's, you know, that's what Hollywood Brown would do in the beginning of his career, right? With the, with the Ravens. And of course he had that injured foot, but that is not, that is not Zay Flowers. It is, like you said, he has two plans. One is to get open, get these guys off me. And then when I do, I'm going to square up and, uh, and I'm going to get as many yards as, as possible. And that's kind of like, this is, this kind of transitions into our next topic. That that is part of this change in the offense um, to where Lamar Jackson doesn't is not going to need to be the superhero every single play. Now, he'll still have some superhero moments. Don't get me wrong. But they now have way more playmakers who can also be be superheroes. And um, 
While Peter King was in Owings Mills, he got to interview Lamar Jackson, too. We're not going to play all the sound bites, but uh, one of them, Bobby, was kind of hilarious. Peter King was like, so Lamar, it's kind of interesting. He's like, you signed about four hours before the draft. And um, you let the Ravens know that you really liked Zay Flowers. What was your role in that? And Lamar gets this big grin on his face. And he goes, well, Peter, I, I couldn't really tell you what my role is. So I don't know if he's like playing it down that like he doesn't know if he had that much influence or if he did have influence or whatever. He goes, but you're right. He goes, I signed and I let him know I like Zay. And four hours later, we got him. And he's like, but I do. He's like, I love him. He's another so South Florida kid down where I'm from. And um, and I'm glad we got him. So um, so then they get to talking, Peter King and Lamar Jackson, about this new offense and the changes that it's going to have. And um, Lamar tried to da kind of downplays it, but he makes a pretty big admission in this interview with Peter King about the offense. This offense right now. Mm -hmm. What I've read, what I've heard, it's going to be a faster-paced offense. Mm -hmm. If you had average 65 plays a year ago a game, maybe it'll be 70, 72, 74. Yep. Tell me your initial impressions working with Todd Munkin on this offense. Uh, my first initial reaction, it's, it's a lot of fast pace, you know, a high, high tempo offense more. Uh, when I say a lot, a little bit of college in it, like system wise, but it's like explosive. You know, a lot of passing, a lot of down the field passing, a lot of get the ball out quick, you know, to my to my fast guys and just get the ball out of my hand faster. And I'm liking it so far. I'm Are you, is it, do you think it's more suited to you than the offenses you've run here in the past? Uh, I believe so. I believe so. But the offenses in the, the, offenses in the past was, also smooth, you know, but, um, you know, it's new, new season, new age players, you know, um, different kinds of players coming into the league and, you know, a lot of faster guys, I'll say from back in the days and, you know, when I first got into the league. So I guess it was just meant for Coach Todd to be here. Yeah, the two things that, that kind of stuck out to me, even though, you know, he was being respectful to the past, which, you know, which is what we love about Lamar. But first he says, I feel like it's like going back to college <clears throat> now. I'm not sure if he's saying that it's like him going back to his Louisville college. Remember we had, um, uh, you just told me the name. I'm forgetting his name. We, we did a clip from speak for yourself with, um, James Jones, Jesse Jones, James Jones, James Jones, how he was saying he talked to Munkin and he's like, they're going back to, they're taking Lamar back to Louisville. They're going to have four wide, which I don't know that they're going to do that that often, unless that's with counting, uh, Mark Andrews and, you know, he's just talking about how he's going to go back to Louisville. So here's Lamar saying, kind of confirming, yeah, we're going back to college, whether that's Louisville or just this idea of these college offenses that are just so much more quick. And that's what Lamar's kind of getting at. He's just like, it's not going to be, you know, training the clock out anymore, which was um, one of the strategies that Greg Roman used, which is like, we're, we're going to win the... Um, time of, of clock battle, time of possession battle. And, you know, that's not going to be it anymore. We are going to get in people's faces and we're going to attack. Now, that means there might be some quick three and outs if you're not totally efficient, but these defenses are going to be on their heels. And then on top of it, for him to just say, yeah, this one suits me better. And he's like, it's not that the other ones weren't good. And I mean, look, he was MVP in 2019. They just didn't evolve from that. They didn't evolve enough. And... um 
and, and, and Lamar is, you know, feels like he's capable of more. And so that's what Todd Munkin's bringing. And ah, man, I just can't wait to see it all come together. What's funny, Bobby, what's hilarious is here we are day after day after day. Everybody's talking about how nice this offense is, how good it is. But Todd Munkin today, he's asked about it. And he says this, quote, no, we're, we're really not good right now. We got a long ways to go. So you got to love that mentality when he's like, no, we have not arrived yet. You know, we're, we're installing things, but we, we got work to do. I absolutely love it. I, I consider Todd to be like a lunch pail, blue collar, like no nonsense guy who maybe even when they do get there, for all we know, they, they, he, he could feel really good about where they are right now. He ain't going to say it. Right? Yeah. Like, I just love the old school mentality that he brings. And, uh, we talked about it from the from the jump, though, like the raspy voice just fits perfectly. Uh, I think he's really probably underrated at at the way that he explains things in layman's terms. I really like listening to him and hearing his philosophy kind of explained through through his lens. But I think he does a good job with the media. So perfect transition to talk a little bit about J.K. Dobbins, who, of course, mm. remains on the, the pup list, physically unable to perform list. We know that John Harbaugh has been asked about him this week. They had a conversation. He was relatively vague in terms of where things are at. But bottom line is no one really knows where this perceived or I should say when this perceived contract standoff or to your point, protecting himself before the season, knowing that this is his final year under his rookie contract. No one knows when it's going to come to an end. Todd Munkin included, but he talked about Dobbins on Thursday. Well, we'd love to have J.K. out there. I mean, there's there's no question about it. Um, and we look forward when he does get out there. I don't control that. What I control is what we do each day on the practice field, and we'll be excited when he gets back. John said he talked to him. Have you talked to him at all? I talk to him every day. <laughs> I talk to him every day. Like, I don't know. That's a big smile on his face, and I don't know what else to say. I mean, he's there every day, so... When he's out there, we'll, we'll be fired up. He's out there. How far behind is he as far as learning this offense goes? How much catching up does he have to do when he actually gets out? That's a great question because he hasn't repped. So it's hard for me to know that when he's not out there. It's just the way it is. I mean, he's not out there, so we'll find out when he does get out there. But we're excited. I know I was kind of being a little you know, smart aleck there, but I'm just saying in general, when he gets out there, we'll be excited to have him. That's so good. You have to watch it in order to appreciate it. The smile after he said he's not repping was so good. Like, And then he realizes it. Like, credit to him for sort of, like, identifying it really quick. Oh, you know what? That might get clipped, right? It's almost like he's not on social media, but it's almost like he's been around the league for so long. And, and PR guys obviously get these these coaches ready to go for anything and, and whatever it's almost like maybe something clicked within him oh i better walk myself back really quick so that <laughs> this doesn't get blown out of proportion right like that was good I, it absolutely is if anybody wants to watch it i did clip it it is on twitter uh and it, he almost has twice like that he kind of gives that little smile like the first time was like we talk every day and then like gives this like grinish smile um and then, like you said, he, he kind of grins again. He's like, but he hasn't wrapped, you know? And it's just like, he was kind of being a smart aleck a little bit. And as you said, he kind of caught himself. But I, listen, that uh, coaches want players out there. 
Okay, this is, and you know, of course they do. Because what else are they going to do? Coaches can't not coach players. You know, they need a coach. They, they want a coach. That's separate from what front offices will do and how they set the market for running backs, right? So, um, so he doesn't have control of that. And he actually, I thought he gave a really great answer. And I know um, there was some good feedback on social media for this because they kind of came back around um, again with more questions, asking Todd Munkin a little bit more broadly. They wanted to know two things. One, how do you think about, what do you think about running backs feeling undervalued? And then two, what do you think is running backs importance to the game of football? So Todd Munkin says this, quote, first of all, I'm never, let me try that again. First of all, I'm not ever going to talk about another man's business. That is something that they have to take care of. Love that answer. Love that answer. Because so many times, and this is why, this is why I like to stay calm in these, in these contract negotiations is that I'm never going to tell Lamar Jackson and I'm not going to tell um, J.K. Dobbins how much money they feel like they should settle for. That's that's none of my business. Now, I'll give commentary on what the market is saying that it's for or I'm going to give commentary on how much leverage they have. But to demonize either side, I will never do. I will never be upset with the player and how he goes about trying to get to, to negotiate a, a contract. But I'm also not going to get upset at a general manager because he has to put together a roster where they're winning or he loses his job too. The, all these guys are, in, are under an incredible amount of pressure. So I never get too caught up or angry in those types of things. So I love that answer from Todd Munkin. Uh, I'm, you know, it, and he has no control over it. So why would he get into that man, another man's business? Okay, so then he goes on to talk about the importance that a running back has in, in an offense. And he says, quote, running backs, in my opinion, are highly valued in this league. The running backs we have are high, highly valued to me. I think any player that makes an NFL roster is highly valued. That's a fact. They're one of the best in the world. I don't care if you're 53 or one. You're one of the best in the world. Elite, elite. Then he goes on to say, but I don't set the market. Our right tackle is valuable. Our kicker is valuable. Our quarterback is valuable. The running backs are valuable. Close quote. I, I just thought that was a superb answer also, Bobby. I think he's been extremely mindful of the way that he answers things. Remember, he's come in when he was introduced. Lamar Jackson's future was completely uncertain. I think anything that's blown up related to Todd Munkin has been positive expectations about what his offense could be in Baltimore. That that certainly was not the case with his predecessor when it comes to media coverage, nationally, regionally, locally, whatever. I, I thought Todd did an exceptional job on Thursday, given some of the uncertainty with his running back. And I think he's done a great job since arriving in what January, since that introductory press conference, that that is not easy to do. And the fact that really none of his stuff has, has been taken um, as far as I know, as far, I'm just kind of going off the cuff right now. Can you think of anything that's been misinterpreted? From Munkin? Yeah. Uh, I think the comment when he said um, it, it bothered some people. It's just, it's just more like, like old school coaches when he said that 
Zay Flowers is a nice little toy, isn't he? So I think that some people thought that was like oh, a little really? dehumanizing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people thought that was a little dehumanizing, at least in my in my comments, in my replies to, to my, you know, quoting him that day. So I would think that's that's probably the only one, which obviously he's trying to give him a compliment. Um, but, you I know, some people, people felt like feeling... that. Yeah. Go ahead. I just sorry to cut you off. I just I wonder if those same people feel the same way when he's dancing in the end zone come September. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I wanted to say one other thing. Um, first of all, thank you to Kadri Ishmael uh, yesterday for coming on the show. He wasn't exactly filling in for me. He was going to come in for the both of us, but appreciate him coming in. That l- allowed me to, to get a day of rest. But I loved his point, by the way, on J.K. Dobbins. It only reinforced my feeling that J.K. is protecting himself while he's not getting the money that he feels he deserves, especially after the injury that he had in the preseason almost two years ago. Now it's been quite some time. But then, but, but um, Kadri made a great point that he was like, okay, NFL, if you guys are saying, hey, we're we're easily replaced, which I think that is what they're saying. I've said this a million times that it's like the 80-20 rule. If you can get 80% of the production at 20% the cost, then you make you make the change. And we've just seen time and time and time again that NFL teams have been able to do that. So JK then says, okay, well, if it's that easy, then why do I need to be at practice? during the training camp or during the preseason, if it's, if it's just that easy. So, you know, that's, that's a fair point. Like if it's easy, then I don't need to jump in until week one. So I absolutely still think that if he does come back week one, which is my prediction that there will be growing pains um, through maybe the first quarter of the season, but maybe the quarter, maybe the growing pains won't be that bad. If, if the if it really is that easy for running backs to pick things up, the way we finished off that that segment of the conversation was as long as he's ready, as as, as long, long as, as he's he ready. ready from September. Yep. So yep. we will see. That remains to be seen whether or not he will be ready and whether or not he will participate leading up to attempting to be ready that opening weekend come September. On to Rocky Yassin, who of course left practice earlier this week with what looked to be a somewhat of a knee left leg related injury. Ian Rappaport confirmed that uh, in good news, he did not suffer a tear in his knee uh, following the MRI. He's dealing with some pain and that may take some time, but structurally it appears sound. So that is good news for rock who of course was one of the free agent acquisitions in obviously post Marcus Peters. Now that he's in Vegas. And as we kind of talked about earlier this week, Sarah, what does this mean? You know, for for the other cornerbacks who are not only competing for the third role, assuming that Rock's going to be ready, who knows? That could be a question mark for week one after this. Uh, but also, you know, who, who's going to be there? And so Jalen Armour Davis is somebody that that's the second year player out of Alabama, was injured throughout the majority of last year. We haven't talked a ton about him, but we have recently because of some of Chris Hewitt's comments, the secondary coach earlier this week about sort of suggesting that he could be in the running. Here's Mike McDonald, Baltimore's defensive coordinator, talking about the opportunity. Unfortunately, when you know when one guy's go down, it means it's, it's an opportunity for somebody else. So anyway, here's McDonald's quote on Jalen. Jalen is a guy that we were really excited about when we drafted him. He's got a lot of ability, and he's a very smart player. He's versatile. He can play multiple spots. 
But this is an opportunity for him to go show what he can do and see if he can earn himself a job. So the opportunity is out there, end quote. This is how it goes in the NFL. Like, unfortunately yeah. for Rock, the door's open now for Jalen. It's your potentially yours to lose. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This this is your, yeah, like you never want to wish an injury on anybody uh, at the same time. That's part of the business. And so it's like Jalen, he he's been injured right he's been injured all you know quite a bit in his rookie year just barely finally got healthy again right before this training camp and so he's lost time due to injury and now that he's come back suddenly there he is getting reps opposite of marlon humphrey so we've talked about this we've said the ravens are going to want to see what they have in their young corners well now they're for sure going to get a chance because uh, because they're going to throw him in there and he's going to go up against OBJ every day. He's going to go up against Zay. He's going to go up against these guys and the Ravens are going to find out really quick how far along he's he's gotten. In terms of Arthur Mollett, again, speaking to Mike McDonald's comments on Thursday at the podium, they just picked up Arthur the other day. Uh, quote, he's got great energy and provides a little fire to the nickel position out there. A lot of things that we've done are not so consistent with the way he's done things. So considering that learning curve, uh, I'm actually impressed with how fast he's picked everything up. Again, that's Mike McDonald on Arthur Mollett. And, you know, we kind of heard similar things from Hewitt earlier this week uh, regarding Rock because of the man coverage that he was asked to do. They do things differently in Baltimore. Uh, there have been a lot of uh, cover two, cover three that Rock had done in previous stops prior to Baltimore. So there is a learning curve here for both guys. But we'll see. Mollett's going to be, I would imagine, towards that those final few spots who are going to be competing for the 53-man roster uh, in, in the coming weeks. Well, and one thing that they do differently, uh, as you said, in addition to, to what kind of covers they're in, is they expect all their guys to be able to play all different roles. And so it's like, it's, it's kind of like on the wide receiver position, Zay doesn't like to get boxed in, right? He can go inside or outside and so can OBJ and um, you know, Bateman probably too. And they, they, and that that's to your advantage that you can move people around. The Ravens like to move people around too. They're not necessarily looking for, okay, these are outside guys and these are inside or nickel guys or dime guys or whatever. They want to have guys who can be everywhere. And um, so, yeah, these guys got to pick up not only their, the new system, but then they got to pick up, you know, 
how you know playing everywhere and picking up all these different roles and and one other thing I want to say about Rocky Scene before we move on to the next topic, Bobby, is um, you know, it's kind of a running joke that people don't quite trust Harbaugh when they're asking about injury news and for good reason, especially in the season. Like he's definitely not gonna give too much away. Um, but you know, he he basically classifies things into serious or not serious. And I noticed people asking Jeff Zrebeck, and I've said this before too, and I'm just so glad that I'm not the only one who noticed it because everybody was asking Jeff, like well, we can't trust Harbaugh. What does this mean that it's not serious? So Jeff says, uh, response to some of these guys, and he says, quote, I've said this before. People get angry about John Harbaugh when he says he doesn't believe an injury to be serious, and the guy winds up missing three or four weeks. But in Harbaugh's world, and in many football coaches' world, a three- or four-week injury isn't considered to be serious to them, close quote. And that's true. Like, if it's serious... It means like surgery's going on. It's probably a season ender. Like not serious is like, okay, these guys aren't, you know, these guys won't miss the whole season. So, uh, and, you know, as we're seeing here from uh, Ian Rappaport, that's basically backing up what Jeff is saying about how Harbaugh thinks, thinks of injury. So, and, and speaking of injuries, so in terms of the practice report, um, there's really not a lot of notes to go through from from Thursday's practice because it was essentially a two and a half hour walkthrough. I think after two days of of um, pads and then one more two and a half hour of of more than than a walkthrough, they were letting these guys um, have a little bit of rest. But David Ojabo, he did return. That was one that Harbaugh said wasn't serious. Now he did take things very light. He didn't participate a ton, but he was dressed and he was out there. So. That is good news there. And then they obviously didn't have um, uh, their NFI guys and the PUP guys out there. So, but but good news there from from Ojabo returning. Yeah, I mean, there's really no need to push him any further right now, uh, being that it is early August. What about Odell Beckham Jr.? We're going to talk about his latest hair color <laughs> style. He dyed it purple. <laughs> Guy's had a little bit of everything, but you could tell he's leaning into Baltimore. He's got his son hanging around the field during camp. He's got the dye working. He's driving his teammates down to Drake concerts in D.C. The OBJ, the, the, the OBJ, I don't know. He's just seems like he's enjoying himself. Hey, every I, every hairstyle hair color he's had since he's got three different three three different hair colors by the way in the few months he's been a raven he obviously likes to switch things up he's been a natural hair color then he went blonde and now purple he makes all of them work he makes every single one of them work they all look good uh just continues to to have a lot of fun so let's wrap things up here bobby with some some quick hits uh so first off the 49ers they signed um Anthony Averett, he was a free agent sitting there waiting there. As we know, that's a former, I believe, fourth-round pick for the Ravens. So they signed him to a one-year deal. That was somebody that <clears throat> some fans might may think that they may want to sign him if they're not, if the Ravens are not excited about you know their young guys. But I, it's funny, I can't I can't tell if the Ravens are putting themselves in a 2022 position of the wide receivers where like, we were all like, I don't know, you don't have enough depth. Are you ruining yourself? And they did, or is it, you guys really like what you're seeing and there's good news. So we'll see there. Um, in other news, the bears, they uh, signed pass rusher Yannick Ngakwe, another former Raven 
to a one-year $10.5 million deal, uh, $10 million of which is reportedly guaranteed. So, um, yeah, the Bears have him now. Again, that was somebody that was a, a veteran that's been sitting on the market that, you know, Ravens fans have been wondering, could you bring him back? I didn't think that that would uh, really happen. I felt like it was never quite a fit here in Baltimore with Ngakwe, but we wish him the best um, in in Chicago. And Bobby, did you guys get yesterday to Harb's commenting on on perhaps signing or drafting a first-round quarterback? I can't remember if you guys made it to it. No, oh, Q and I were... Once we got to the Steve Saunders portion of the I interview, it. <laughs> yeah. it was we kind of went off the <laughs> the deep end. So I'm glad you revisited this because I just had to start cutting things due to time constraints. So anyway, go right ahead. He was the perfect guest for that, by the way. The perfect guest for, for that to, to, to fall on there. I mean, the fact that he's a trainer, so he can actually speak to it. You know what I mean? So and he was uh, yeah. So when he, he was really good. Oh, by the way. If you I, I heard him. Out, he's like, yeah, yeah. we'll plug that again there you go he's like miss me with that miss me with that so yep that was that was hilarious so okay so anyway this kind of got blown out of proportion uh within the the national media so that's why i wanted to play the whole quote um sky sports nfl had asked john harbaugh how excited he was how good he felt once the Ravens actually got Lamar Jackson under contract, and this is what he said. How excited were you on draft weekend when Lamar signed on the dotted line? <laughs> I was excited. I was excited because it was before the draft. Okay. You didn't have to worry about it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was only like about, well, he, he agreed to his deal maybe four hours before the start of the draft. So we were right up to crunch time there, you know, and I guess would we have taken a quarterback in the first round if he hadn't signed? You know, you never know. We might have had to, might have thought we needed to. So. To get that done was something that was really valuable. Special talent, isn't he? Tell us about his strengths. He's one of a kind. I mean, Lamar is a guy, I think, in ways changes the dynamic. I think he's, uh, he's moved forward the understanding, the shared view of what a quarterback looks like in terms of how he should play the game. I think Lamar's changed that. Now you see guys coming into the league that play a lot more like Lamar that uh, would have been talked about more in the past. But Lamar was a the guy they talked about. Right. And now it's more accepted. Yeah, and I mean, what else were the Ravens going to do? Of course, they would have to look into a quarterback. If they don't have theirs locked up, that would be, you know, not smart on their end. But I think he was just being honest. It was clear. I'm so glad that we didn't even have to, like, look into having a, a quarterback. And I'm looking at the people who were even on – um still on the draft board by the time the Ravens were up and it would have been like Will Levis was like the next guy and it's like holy moly thank goodness Lamar Jackson is under contract and the Ravens didn't have to draft somebody like Will Levis so uh yeah I thought that was kind of blown up a little bit in the national media but I think Harves was just expressing how how uh, relieved he was that they didn't have to go down that route yep what could have been what could have been a mere few months ago instead it's uh full steam ahead as are we another week is in the books Lots of content coming up next week. And as much as we want to announce something that we got a verbal agreement on tonight, Woo! and we're taping this on Thursday night, I'm just going to go ahead and, and err on the side of caution because I think that okay. we've, you know, just that's, that's just kind of how ink. I go. Yep. That's how I go in life. I, I've had too many, especially since going full time, you know, on my own content and, and working with you. We've had too many like, Oh, so oh, so close. And uh, sometimes the, the carpet can get pulled out from underneath you. So anyway, just to just to kind of say we we hope to have some very, 
very, very exciting news to be coming down the pipe in probably, hopefully, a couple weeks or so. It's regarding our show. It's regarding content. So be on the lookout for that. We're fired up about it. We've been working on it literally all summer. And we more know you than me. It. You're the man. You're the man. More more you than me for sure. So uh, I got to give you all props for this. Well, once it's well, in ink. Thank you. It's always a team effort, and uh, we we always balance each other out. So be on the lookout for that. We're gonna keep crossing cross your fingers for us because this is really gonna change the way we do business throughout football season. With that. We wanted to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons, as always, who are supporting our audio-only efforts, our YouTube efforts, and everything we do here inside the vault on Patreon this month. So Alan J. and Chris Gagnon, we appreciate you both. Shout out you both. And if you guys are interested in doing the same out there and you don't yet support us through Patreon, you can do so by visiting patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. So as always, if you haven't already done so, please consider subscribing to the channel, checking us out in audio only form wherever you get your podcasts and hitting us up via email at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. For my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Friday Morning Vault edition. Thanks as always for being with us and we'll catch you soon here inside the vault.